Hello, welcome to the Weird Wednesday podcast. This is Tina. I'm so glad you're here. Today, Tori and I dive into the world of reptilians. We found out a lot this week as we looked into this topic, so there will probably be a part two. For now, we hope that you enjoy this conversation. If you aren't already, please follow us on Instagram at Weird Wednesday Podcast. Also, if you would like to contact us, you may email us. Tori is T-O-R-I at WeirdWednesdayPodcast.com or you can email me, Tina at WeirdWednesdayPodcast.com. Thanks again for being here. Enjoy the show. And as always, stay weird. It's going to be interesting today. The long-awaited episode. I can truly say that I have no idea where this episode's going to go. I'm honestly a little nervous because <laughs> even, like I said, doing the research, just the pictures, I was like, what am I getting into? You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's it's fun. And I was telling you earlier, I want to put a disclaimer out there. This is the first time I've ever looked into any of this. So mm-hmm. I do not have a definitive stance on it. Um, I'm just going to share what I saw and what I read and leave it at that. You can take it or leave it. That's fair. I can, I can say that I had a pretty baseline understanding or concept of reptilians and diving a little bit deeper this week has definitely helped me wrap my head around some of it better. I do Mm -hmm. feel like there are just so many different aspects to, um, or so different, many, so many different avenues you could go down with this though. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll we'll choose to continue the conversation another week. But th- it is really, really interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, it is. I would. I was actually going to say that to you earlier. Um, that it, this might end up being like a two part thing because mm-hmm. I feel like there's just so much. There's so much to unpack. Yeah, and I I feel like I've just like touched the surface of it. And what's kind of fun is that you and I didn't really communicate what we were learning this week. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to hear whatever you picked up for the first time, and you're going to hear whatever I've picked up for the first time. And we're just going to see where it goes. I know. And it was really hard to restrain myself to be like, wait a second. What? Like, is this like, what do you think? You know, so I was like, no, I want it to be authentic. I want the conversation to be what we would have talked about if I had, you know, asked you and reached out to you about those things. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited because this is why we do what we're doing um, with, you know, and having these conversations is because the person that I would want to talk about these things to and feel safe to do that with is you and now our listeners. So I'm excited to be able to kind of unpack this all together Mm -hmm. and For you listeners, like, I'd love to hear, you know, if you have done a lot of research, like, what have you read Mm -hmm. and kind of where you're at on it, too, and what your take is on some of the things that we we might be talking about today. So, so, um, 
couple of references. I listened to one of the Blurry Creatures episodes with um, Daniel, I believe is his first name. And then I listened to a video on YouTube of a guy named Paul. He doesn't give his last name or anything, but the ministry is called TNT. Um, and I'll probably put links to this in the episode description. So, well, what is a reptilian or what are reptilians? Yeah, what the heck are reptilians? You know, when I think of reptilians, I think of the stories I've heard where people see other people's eyes like change to look like a snake eye or, you know, a lizard eye or some other type of reptilian. Um, I also think of the stories I've heard where people have seen physical reptilians, which, you know, I haven't seen one. So all I can go off of are the pictures on the internet, which is what I'm assuming most of you do as well. So that's what I'm picturing. Um, and if you've been on our Instagram page, Tori and I have a couple posts where we've posted different images of cryptids. So I just wanted to throw that out there. When we're talking about reptilians, we're thinking of the ones that are in people and they have features that change. And also the reptilians that are that look like those walking lizard things all the time. I read that there are three different categories of them, but the three categories that Daniel had talked about were like a dormant reptilian race, which is like those that have the DNA within them, but that is not active mm. based off epigenetics, which I love how this all comes into things I'm also learning in school. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, it's easy. Dormant. I thought, yeah, what did I say? I thought you said, no. I thought you said adornment. I was like, hmm. <laughs> but no, so you said dorm, dormant yes. Yes. as in like a sleeping gene. It hasn't yes. been activated. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then shapeshifters, which are the ones that um, I think people run into the most. And then Dracos, which are full-blown reptilians. Like they are only in that being. Um, and most of those, they claim to be in like underground bunker type places who allegedly don't even like humans. That's why they don't even participate in shapeshifting or being a part of that. They just are who they are is what my understanding was. So. So here's what I'll say is that the bulk of the research I did this week was centered around the draconians. I would need additional weeks to kind of look into like the middle class mm -hmm. of the ones that are probably more prevalent in physical form. Um, and then, and then the dormant gene ones I have, I have heard about um, in accounts of people who had those dormant genes and they kind of discovered it and what they had to do to get rid of them. But I mm -hmm. think for this week, I'm most familiar with the draconians. So <clears throat> they, Daniel, I don't remember his last name. Do you remember his last name? Duvall. Okay. So Daniel Duvall works and please correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I also listened to this like a few days ago. Um, but 
what I recall is that he works with people who have this type of bloodline and works with getting them delivered from that. Yeah, that's one of his ministries. Right. Is Out delivering. Is del- yeah, delivering people from the different types of bloodlines and reptilian is one of them. I think he started working with um, survivors of satanic ritual abuse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all these different bloodlines pop up within that realm of delivery Mm -hmm. and so he's worked for many many years um his ministry i believe is called bride ministries Mm -hmm. and like tori said we will put links in the in the description of this episode um amazing guy he is yeah he definitely knows what he's talking about and he kind of goes into what the specific bloodline is that is common within reptilians, which was the RH negative bloodline. And so I looked up that specifically, like RH negative. So that is one of the world's rarest blood types. So few that there's only like 50 people in the world that have this genetic blood type. And they even call it like the golden blood. And this is from Cleveland Clinic. So this is from an actual clinic. And then they said that you inherit your blood type the same way that you inherit like your eye color, that it comes from your biological parents and that both the the A, B, and O genes and the RH factors come from, from your genetics, so generations. Yeah, that's so interesting about the blood types. And I know that we have both heard of the possible connection to reptilians um, entering the scene in Genesis 3, which postulates that Satan somehow implanted his seed in Eve at the time that he deceived her at the tree of knowledge. Um, That's probably not my favorite theory on how reptilians came to be um Um, the other connection could be with genesis 6 and um so and this is something actually that i heard from dan duval as well not in the same podcast as you were listening to but in, in a different section and you know in genesis 6 we know that the sons of God saw women and saw that and procreated lusted with them, mm-hmm. lusted after them and procreated with them and had the Nephilim. And so if some of these hosts came down and if they had the genetic markers of the draconians, which are the only ones I'm focusing on, I'm not talking about the run of the mill reptilians. I'm only talking about the draconians. Um, so any of the, any if any of those sons of god had that marker then of course it would be passed down and then all of a sudden after this genesis 6 account you have draconian bloodlines entering the earthly realm some of the accounts within the biblical within god's word that have the draconian bloodline alluded to one of the most interesting is actually in Job, um, so Dan Duvall really connects the draconians heavily to the term dragon in the Bible mm-hmm. because the Hebrew word is tanin and it's only translated one of two ways into dragon or into whale. 
And you can tell by the context that in most of the translate or in most of the contexts, they're not talking about a whale, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In Deuteronomy 32 verse 33 says their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. Well, whales are not poisonous. And so if we take God's word um, at face value, right, and just read it simply that in Job 30, verse 29, he says, I am a brother to dragons and a companion to owls. And so, you know, if we don't look at it as just poetry or allegory and we read it simply, this, this, this could be a clue to a person within a biblical account carrying a genetic marker associated to the draconian bloodline, right? I am a brother to dragons. Mm-hmm. Another, another verse that's really interesting. And yes, you're going to hear my paper rustling around in the background. I can't avoid it because there's just too many notes uh, for me to remember. So in Psalm 148, verse 7, it says, Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons in all the deeps. And uh, dragons um, have been associated with the deeps, with mountains. Leviathan as a dragon um, resided in the water. And here's, here's, oh, well, let me keep reading. I have a few more verses because I just want to lay it all out there. (laughs) All the verses about, about dragons before we kind of get more into conversational mode. So Isaiah 13 verse 22, and the wild beasts of the islands shall cry in their desert desolate houses and dragons in their pleasant palaces and her time is near to come and her days shall not be prolonged so and dragons in their pleasant palaces i really want to make a point of that later so remind me to come back to isaiah another connection i wanted to make is um that you know leviathan is a fallen seraphim Mm -hmm. according to the bible Um, Satan was a fallen cherim. And so here's something that that a thought that that triggered in my head that I had never thought before is I had assumed that all these fallen angels were kind of a uniform class, right? Right. Like the same beings, the same beings passing down the same genes. Right. Um, But just in those two biblical characters alone we see different different classes of angels Mm -hmm. right interesting and so that was something that occurred to me this week is you know we talk about all these different cryptids Mm -hmm. and you know where did they come from Mm -hmm. and it's funny because i heard a theory that um the cryptids did come from the nephilim but it's because they procreated with animals basically you know if like if they had procreated with women what was to stop them from um procreating with a wolf or procreating with an ape and and we get all these different cryptids it had never occurred to me that the hosts of heaven or sorry yeah well you know the different hosts of heaven the different sons of god 
could be carrying these different genetic markers. And that was really, really fascinating to me. So one thing I wanted to bring up about that Isaiah verse and a, and a memory that it triggered for me was, um, so the draconian bloodline is, according to Dan Duvall, pretty much the elite bloodline. And this bloodline exists within like the one of the 13 bloodlines here on Earth. You know, Mm -hmm. when you hear about the Mm -hmm. Illuminati and secret societies and whatnot, oftentimes people mention the 13 bloodlines. Mm -hmm. And there was this account on a podcast of this woman who had survived satanic ritual abuse. And Mm -hmm. she saw the royals in one of these rituals and the royals like as in the United Kingdom royals, right? Great Britain's royals. Is this the Hitler Project lady? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I listened to that episode. Um, and so she had physically seen the queen. Dan Duvall himself said that the queen had draconian bloodline and she could shift and that people had seen her shift, people that mm-hmm. he had treated within his ministry. Um, in addition to that, you know, the SRA survivor said that the draconian bloodline is intentionally being passed down um, in mm-hmm. within these rituals to keep mm-hmm. procreating. And it appears as though the draconians, the reptilians, they're most concerned with kind of this hybrid agenda. It's Genesis 6 still going on, right? The mm-hmm. diabolical agenda that they had way back then is only carrying on today. And so what I had found interesting about the Isaiah 13 verse 22 was where it said, you know, the dragons in their pleasant palaces. And that's an mm-hmm. Isaiah, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, if that's not a royal bloodline reference, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's right there in the Bible. And um, I have a couple verses that I'll share later just to offer some hope. But, you know, for for those of us who just really, really need to stand on that biblical foundation, which is hopefully all of us, um, <laughs> um, I just, I really wanted to read all of those verses out to you. Yeah, I, okay, so I have a lot of thoughts going on in my head right now. Um, that makes more sense to me. I do believe that there is a bloodline that is attached within the reptilian like reptilians. So it makes more sense to me for that to have happened in Genesis 6 when there was this procreation. Mm-hmm. Because I think that the other theory, and this is me also just thinking out loud, the other theory I feel like takes away the power that God had to do what he did with Mary to say that Satan could do the same thing mm. in terms of planting a seed within Eve. I don't think that that to me, that doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to say that I am more for this theory than the other. And so my question is, which I guess you kind of answered it, but so the sons of God, are you thinking that they were of all different kinds of genetic markers that came and procreated with the daughters of Adam 
and created just these different like cryptid beings, basically. So the Nephilim, reptilian, um, gosh, werewolf, probably vampire, probably mm-hmm. like, you know, but all of it kind of comes down to I all believe that it's satanic and that it's to me demons presenting themselves in different ways but so that makes i feel like that makes sense to where my brain was going to say that they came from different almost categories of fallen angels Mm -hmm. right there's a lot to explore there i'm working through these these thoughts you know trying to figure out what seems um, to resonate the most because I agree kind of the seed thing in at the beginning of Genesis with Eve doesn't really it doesn't really sit well Um, Mm -hmm. this I can see the Genesis 6 account in this being introduced through that makes a lot more sense to me I yes I do believe that there were different um, choirs or classes of angels that chose to leave you know the presence of god and come down and so would those produce different genetic markers yes i'm pretty sure of it Um, however i also wouldn't put it past the nephilim to procreate with different animals so with dogman i believe for example that he um derives from these genetic markers because uh, the Native Americans say that Wolfman is a shapeshifter who is like, uh, what do you call their witch doctors? Is it shaman? Is that Native American, a shaman? That sounds right. So there are accounts from Native American beliefs that the shamans you know, they get this power to then shapeshift into Dogman. And um, and so when people see a Dogman, they're seeing a shapeshifting shaman. Now, does that mean that the shaman are like channeling this power from the earth and then all of a sudden, you know, earth, quote unquote, I mean, you know, that's what they're saying, but some sort of demonic power that they're channeling this and then all of a sudden, you know, the demon possesses them and they're able to shapeshift mm. or do they already have these genetic markers mm-hmm. and are called into that role, you know, or are they like activated into that role to be able to shapeshift? So mm-hmm. I don't think the answer is easy. It's speculative for me because I'm I'm listening to other people's accounts and theories and trying to put all these pieces together. And, you know, demons being the disembodied Nephilim, that could be, you know, again, several different sp- species, for lack of, not species, but yeah, maybe species is the best word I could come up with at that time or at this time. Um, I don't think all demons are the yeah. same. Yeah, which I guess is what I was trying to say, is I don't think that they all present themselves the same. Okay, can we talk about the two people on the plane within a couple days of each other? Oh, yeah. So please. one of the things that I had listened to made a reference to um, this woman who was on a plane, and she was sitting in her seat, and then there's video of her freaking out like 
You guys saw it on social media. You know you did. Yes. It like <laughs> freaking out. And everyone, you know, had their theory of, you know, she was drunk. She was hallucinating. She was this. She was that. But especially like with what we're learning as social workers, you can tell when someone's genuinely reacting out of fear versus being under the influence. And my interpretation of that was she was legitimately afraid. And, you know, she's claiming that this person she was sitting by in the green hoodie wasn't human. And, you know, it came out later that she believed it was a reptilian um, because of the way his eyes were. And she was like, he was not human. And she was fearful of her life. And she wanted to get off that plane. Well, a couple days within each other, this man had the same encounter on a plane and it was a much bigger plane. I'm assuming it was like international because of the way the rows were seated. Um, but again, you could tell so evidently that that man was like, he couldn't even speak when he first got up. He was so distraught by what he saw that he was touching his face and pointing at the person. And then he was saying like his face, his face. And then everyone, you know, all these men tackled him down on the ground because they were they were interpreting it as aggression when he was like just deathly afraid of whatever it was that he saw. Um, mm -hmm. And he wasn't like a small man. Like he looked like a guy who like regularly works out, you know, who I feel like would have some sort of like. What's the word? Just like confidence in himself that I feel like it must have been very, very freaky what he saw for him to have reacted that way. Well, get this. So the woman was like nowhere to be found after this. Like they weren't really able to track her down. She, I think, had maybe one interview after that and stuck to her story. Well, then later it came out TMZ had had posted a video of her apologizing for the whole situation. Well, she like all of a sudden got social media is on there. The first person she followed was TMZ, right? This AI guy who like is an expert did an analysis of the video of this woman's face, which if you go and you look at that video, it doesn't really look like her. Yeah. It yeah, looks like I saw that a grade B version of her. It looks like a fleshy mask, like all these mm -hmm. other celebrities that come out, Kanye you know, other very famous politicians that appear to have different faces. So they, the guy does an analysis and he said that the scale works that if it's 0.2 and below, it's that person. Like it's not AI. Because there's no significant difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This came back at a 1.2. Wow. And Which is very significant. That's like, more than double that's 10 times the significant difference between that woman's face and the actual woman the woman on the video mm -hmm. then they um traced the ip address of the video taken and it was it registered to an area two blocks away from the white house 
I heard that. Yes. I, Which is like a reptilian uh, hub. I'm yes. so convinced. I'm 100%. so convinced. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's there's those stories that, you know, one of the reasons we advanced so quickly technologically is because our government made a deal with aliens or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, that they have reptilians and underground bunkers um, uh, working on an experiment and whatnot so allegedly under area 51 there's area 52 Mm -hmm. which is where some of these reptilians work anyway all that to say that you know there's so many reports of our government being in line with these with these entities and these creatures whatever you want to call them it's it comes to a point where when you have evidence like that it's so hard to deny it I mean, you have to work, you almost have to work harder to deny it. Right. <laughs> than you mm-hmm. would if you just accepted the the truth of the matter and the evidence coming out. You know, Richie, do you know who Richie the Barber is? Mm-mm. He's that Hollywood barber who has like the clown tattoo on his face. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So he, he's a believer now, which is amazing. Wow. He's a newer believer. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, though, you know, he had been to Hollywood parties and part of that scene. And he just says that there's some freaky stuff that happens. He tells us one story, though, that um, one of Obama's Secret Service guys came into his barber shop and sat in his chair. So and he had sunglasses on the whole time. And so Richie is you know, giving him his fade. And when he gets to the side of this, the secret service guy's face, he can see behind the sunglasses. And he said when he blinked, his lids came out from like the sides of his eyes. He didn't blink up and down like we do, but it like shuddered like a reptile, you know, because reptiles do that. Mm -hmm. So, and it, it closed like that. And I mean, understandably so. He was like, whoa, man, you know, what the heck? He used different words than I'm using. But, you know, he was like, what is wrong with your eyes? (laughs) (laughs) And he got a not so subtle threat from the Secret Service guy to, you know, continue the haircut if he wanted to stay alive, basically. And and he did. um, But. It was one of, you know, it's White House related, one of Obama's Secret Service guys. Have you seen the video of Obama speaking and it it pans over or you see that Secret Service guy in the background and he clearly does not look human? Like he like sh- kind of almost shifts in the video. Have you seen that video? I know I I know what video you're talking about and I do believe I watched it, but I- I'm not recalling it very well. He almost looks like Jim Carrey in The Mask. Stop. I'm not kidding. It's like with a bulbous type head almost. Mm -hmm. Wow. And like his ears don't look like like they're not even almost there. It's like this like like an indentation where ears should be. But they're almost just like holes. It's like they're hiding it less and less. Right. And or or we're just seeing it more because of social media. Right. right. Which honestly, that's probably what it is. But mm-hmm. I had a conversation with my husband 
because obviously this has been something we were trying to be very diligent about researching. And um, a, this was a couple nights ago. And after watching those videos of the people who witnessed whatever they witnessed on those planes, um, I had this like very avert emotional reaction. And I wasn't expecting that, you know, I've been mm -hmm. researching this for like a few days now and there mm -hmm. wasn't really a lot that came out of it for me. Like spiritually, it was more of just like informational. Mm -hmm. But when I started watching people's accounts and seeing and hearing, you know, this absolute terror in their voice or their reactions, it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I just got really, really emotional and my husband was like, what is the matter? And I just started weeping because I was so thankful. It almost like put a switch, like like flipped a switch in me when it pertaining to the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it just reignited this like awe, revenance, like thankfulness that I don't have to stay in that fear or even have that fear because of Jesus Christ. And that I don't have to live with that, you know, because what if these people are still them within their spirit? Like Daniel Duvall was saying, most of these people, like these ones with better dormant or these shapeshifters are not in control, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. And the more that these, you know, reptilian demonic beings are in control, the less that they're in within themselves it like suffocates their spirit mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it really overwhelmed me because that's the first thing i thought of was thank you lord for saving me so young and for mm -hmm. so long that i don't mm -hmm. have to experience these things but thank you even for those that are dealing with those things that they don't have to stay there mm -hmm. that there's hope that there's hope for them there's hope for the even you know Mm -hmm. for just everyone and that got that Jesus died for everyone and it just mm -hmm. put into perspective that sacrifice and just like how big and powerful that gift actually is and that it is a gift and i found myself like honestly weeping and just praising the lord and thanking him that that is not something that you know that i don't like people don't have to endure and that he is so much more powerful than these things that the name of Jesus within itself will cast these things away. But that's how much more powerful he is than these things. Does that make sense what I'm saying? And it brings, you know, fresh eyes to, you know, being cleansed by his blood and being a new creation, you know, that that canon does involve our bloodline being cleansed and created in a new creation. I really believe that. I wanted to kind of wrap up in Revelation. So the first verses that I'll read, you know, just talk about Satan being that dragon, this kind of elite draconian type creature. Um, and there was a war in heaven. Oh, so this is this first one is in Revelation 12. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Mm -hmm. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. 
he was cast out in the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Um, and yes, I am reading the King James version um, <laughs> specifically because of its correct usage of, of dragon in these verses. And I think it would be really cool if one of these days we ended up in Revelation. But I'll tell you what, reading up on this stuff this week really gave me kind of a fresh perspective on some of these verses. The second verse, the most encouraging of them all, is Revelation 22, excuse me, Revelation 20, verse 2, where it says, And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And, you know, that's before the thousand-year reign and whatnot. Um, But again, that reassurance that the Lord is taking care of all of it not only is he cleansing us you know protecting us and and making us a new creation now uh, but he says i i take care of it guys all these bloodlines all these mm-hmm. you know weird scary evil things in the world that are continuing their agenda um, it all comes to an end and i'm victorious and because i'm victorious you're victorious Okay, which that's crazy because the verse that the Lord put on my heart in encouragement, because we always want to end it in encouragement, was Isaiah 41 10. Mm. And it is, I'm going to literally start crying. Isaiah 41 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. And in a different version, and the version that I that I have memorized it in is, um, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Amen. Oh, that, Lord, you are so good. He is so good. That gives me goosebumps and just brings <laughs> like so much joy to my heart. Mm-hmm. I know. I wish you could see our faces. We're just like beaming. <laughs> <laughs> so Moses coming down the mountain. <laughs> I know. Glowing. So I think there's a good likelihood that we'll end up recording a second part to this. Mm-hmm. But I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. I hope that you guys are encouraged. Um, maybe you learned something new or maybe you're looking at things in a new light. But either way, we're just so happy that you're here. Well, thank you for joining us for the probably first part reptilian episode. And as always, stay curious and stay weird.